we summarized the first term together. And uh, it's a surprise, mm -hmm. it's, an, it's an element of surprise where we actually create an interactive landing page for our customers summarizing their story uh, so that we actually recycle it almost like an infographic way. Hey, welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. It's a weekly interview-style podcast series where we will pick the brains of some of the best customer success leaders across the globe and try to unearth customer engagement beyond onboarding, expansion, and churn. So let's get right in. Hey, greetings, everybody. We've got Nicholas for, uh, from Hype Streaming. I really, really appreciate Nicholas uh, for showing up today and taking the time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Adil. Nice to meet you, and thanks for inviting me to this uh, to your podcast. Okay, so uh, a quick brief on what uh, you know Nicholas does at Hive Streaming. He's been a part of advisory board back in the years, and he's led their uh, you know customer success team. Uh, you know, prior to the chief customer officer role, he's been a part of uh, making some high level decisions in the GTM uh, framework as well as uh, you know building. Uh, the CS operations from scratch. So uh, before I get in deep into uh, your role, I would appreciate if you tell us our audience that how you started with high streaming and what was your, uh, you know, what were your key objectives there and what is what is the motivation you have to share with, with our audience? Absolutely. Um, so my story with high streaming started actually at the at a Christmas party. Um, I was still working mm -hmm. at my previous company called Freespeed still back in London. And uh, we had the same investors at Freespee uh, that has recently just invested in this company called Hive Streaming. Uh, incredibly successful company, um, probably like had more Fortune 500 companies as their customers, the number of employees in the company. Um, but what was lacking a bit was this, uh, uh, how do you put it? What happens after we have actually acquired these customers? How can we make them more successful in a scalable way? So I was asked by our common owners to say, what you have done at Freespeed is really incredible. You have some of the best net revenue retention numbers that we have seen. Um, would you mind having a workshop with this other company that we have? Uh, so I only committed actually on doing a workshop for Hive Streaming and nothing more on customer success and the con concept of customer-led growth in general. And uh, one thing led to the other. And I think we really clicked both like myself with Niklas Hagen and the at the time chief operating officer together with Joan, who is the co-founder and CEO of Hive Streaming. So I started advising their management team on customer-led growth and customer success uh, until actually building a plan of how should we go about this one? How do we frame value for customers and how do we align with this? And when we came somewhere around Q3 of 2019, um, we came up to this conclusion that the best way would actually be for me to take over and build this, right? Because we have now structured it and it was time to actually hire a VP customer success. So I actually got the question mm -hmm. to say, what, how would you feel about moving back home to Stockholm from London, join a team and actually build this from scratch? Because now that you have spent all this time with us, maybe this is actually what you should do. And I said, yeah, it's great. I mean, great company, great value proposition. And, uh, you know, a white canvas when it comes to building things from scratch and customer success. I mean, it couldn't be more exciting. It's absolutely, it's so excited to, you know, take things from the ground up and build everything from the scratch and make all the, you know, decisions that are, you know, scalable enough yourself. 
in the first place. So, you know, we all know what Hive, Hive Streaming uh, does for employee uh, engagement and, you know, how uh, you've integrated with other streaming platforms to basically empower this whole experience for the employees. Can you touch more on, on one of the uh, unique sales proposition for as, as a product manager, like you work with the, with, with, the, with the product teams as well back when you started as an advisor. So can you touch base on how Hive Streaming as a product team evolved uh, you know, into a solution, what they are today? Yeah, I mean, in terms of if you look at the product, I think uh, incorporating customer success, the mindset of customer success into a product team has been incredibly important. And uh, one of the things that I think that we have really, uh, you know, accelerated on has been going from offering our product as a monolith, focusing more on the technology side and actually focusing on the business outcome. So uh, what we did back mm -hmm. in 2020 was that we restructured our entire product together with the offering, changed our pricing model to usage-based pricing to be closer to the outcomes of the customers rather than going and going away from this device-based pricing that we used to have where you know mm -hmm. it was more aligned with the seat-based pricing. So we really restructured everything in the product and how it's being offered uh, and also started to think about how can we make this you know easier for people to test it. And with Microsoft being one of our most important partners, we uh, actually offered part of our service now at the Azure Marketplace to make it all even easier to test it, almost from a product-led growth perspective as well, uh, so the customers can test it out before actually committing on a more long-term enterprise deal as well. Great, great, great. That must have been a, a, a very, very, uh, you know, iterative experience. So how do you think, like, at that point, just uh, talking on that stage, so how did you did you trade uh, into the product like feature feature wise and technology wise the stack wise? Well, we did a, a very we did a very uh, I would say diligent project almost for it was almost about a year. It already started back in 2019. Um, we had mm -hmm. some uh, great help as well from a pricing consultant from the Netherlands uh, who were really involved in this mm -hmm. uh, project as well. Uh, Mark uh, is his name. Fantastic guy. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that we did was that we started to, you know, of course, interacting with customers to see what parts of the product do they actually really value the most. So if you really need to rate it, mm -hmm. how would we actually structure things in a more meaningful way? So instead of just mm -hmm. offering high streaming as a one product plus license, like plus volume, or, you know, in terms of usage, mm -hmm. we actually also started to think about how can we make this into an, an analytics offer, to an operations offer, and to an optimization offer? Because they're parts of a journey from a customer, you know, from the customer's point of view that you might not have the need for all of it. So why not actually offer something that is more aligned with the real value that you need here, right here, and right now? And then once we have, you know, the customers have started to get used and get value from that one, we can work from a customer success point of view from the inside with the customer to see how can we expand on this one together. So instead of you having to sell things hardcore, you're actually aligning yourself with the value of the customer. So it was a long project, really in combination together with our customers for almost 12 months. It's, it's really a concrete customer success. Like... You are at the same time you're you're building a product, a, a stack, a feature, and at the same time you're trying to have a visibility into your customer goals to expand this solution for them uh, in the long run. Wonderful. So let's talk about uh, your customer success team at Hive. Like at this moment, how big is your team? At the moment, we have a team in uh, the EMEA that is serving it here. Um, at the moment, it's it's pretty small team. We are four mm -hmm. people in the EMEA. 
and we are three mm -hmm. people in the US. Um, we then have additionally as well, uh, customer success operations. So we have uh, Lima Chirkova, mm -hmm. who's our CS operations manager. So she's really helping us okay. with driving these kind of like efficiencies, all the playbooks, making sure that, you know, we're providing the support to the organization from an operations point of view. And on top of that one as well, we also have one, as we call it, a customer content writer, or as we refer to a customer mm -hmm. storyteller, because we truly believe that mm -hmm. one of the best things to do is, you know, you shouldn't sublet part of your customer marketing to your normal marketing team, because you have different goals. Your marketing team is there to create demand, to help the sales team close more. Uh, well, if you look at the customer marketing side, it's more about how can we create better experiences for our customers and actually create, you know, help them elevate their stories as part of, of the value that we provide as well. Wow, that's different, that's unique. So uh, as per my understanding, like you're working with your customers, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to craft a marketing strategy for that also includes your solution and how, you know, can you elaborate more on that, please? Or customer not marketing? Yeah, not necessarily. So basically what we're, when we're thinking about uh, customer marketing, the way that we see it is that we see it as a subset of the overall customer experience. So in a, man, yeah. like in a world where there's so much, as I refer to sameness, same experiences, same mm -hmm. interactivity, we're asking ourselves, how can we create so-called moments of wow for our customers? And that can be with content. So part of the initiatives that we do is once a customer has achieved a certain outcome that we have agreed upon before signing the contract, that was also part of the success plan. Um, the job of the customer success manager is to help the customer get recognition for that achievement. And in doing so, mm. we have our customer content writer being looped in to tell this story so that we can actually help the customer mm. tell this story about what they achieve, make them the hero of the story, getting the recognition mm -hmm. inside of their organization. We need to remember how streaming mm -hmm. works with extremely large companies. So we yeah. have many employees and you know, we need to give our champions the recognitions that they actually took the bet on our technology initially. And now they have succeeded. So mm -hmm. they are the heroes of the story. So we do customer stories together with them. And then eventually we publish them yeah. online so that we can recycle them for marketing as well. So customer voice is recycled and the customer story drives our future marketing as well. Exactly. And, exactly. And then when we have so basically, your. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and then we had um, we actually have an additional moment of wow, which we do um, normally just before uh, renewing a contract with the customer. So we summarize the first term together, and uh, it's a surprise mm -hmm. and it's an element of surprise where we actually create an interactive landing page for our customers, summarizing their story, uh, so that we actually recycle it almost like an infographic way. And it's a surprise element that we want yeah. to add uh, so that they actually feel like, you know, we have actually seen what you have done throughout this year. Here's your story in visuals mm -hmm. and numbers. It's just so much more fun than getting a PowerPoint presentation. Exactly. Uh, on, on, on the reviews, on the business reviews, 100%. I loved it. I loved it. So also you must must be uh, sharing some, just like you mentioned, the data, like inside, the, like how they've been so engaged throughout this journey and, you know, what are the key elements they, they were actually looking after and what is important for them. That also actually gives them visibility on how, what, what, what are the things an operation they need to more focus on in order to achieve this success because they've, they've been successful the past year. So that's great. So that's different. Like uh, I've spoken to a lot of, uh, you know, a uh, lot of people, leaders uh, from different B2B SaaS businesses, they're 
operating different different kind of strategies. So this this is something really really exceptional, and uh, it's more genuine. So it's 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 pretty. It separates uh, you know an ordinary cadence or review meetings or you know check ins and you know follow ups to something that is actually meaningful for the customer. You're talking to customer in, in their language. Wonderful. So just quick, uh, you know, you know, give us a quick uh, overview on what kind of operations do you have? Like uh, we already know you've got a lot of enterprise customers and, you know, what is your average like customer journey like that lands on, on a CSM desk? Like, do you renew them annually on annual basis or quarterly basis? And what is the normal journey for, for an enterprise account? Yeah, so uh, working in the enterprise space, we all like always do at least an annual contract. Uh, many customers might mm -hmm. start with the first year, um, but if they see that both value is you know realized and at the same time we're also providing a great customer experience throughout that first year, many mm -hmm. customers actually renew mm -hmm. for a three-year cycle because for them it's also you know it's it, it's a commitment of also knowing that we can lay a longer plan together. Um, and I think mm -hmm. it's 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 a, it's of mutual interest. I think that this is really when you change your customer success team of rather thinking short term, is that when you mm -hmm. build trust with the customer as part of that relationship building, you can actually together with the customer start to plan on a longer horizon together. Um, because if you think about mm -hmm. it, our most we talk a lot of times about customer maturity. Um, some customers they mm -hmm. might use hive streaming only to say, hey. We just want video to work at large scale when we do, you know, company all hands once a month. And that mm -hmm. might be like the very first simple case. Then we have other customers who have come a little bit further who say, no, video is a tool for us to engage all of our employees at scale and make sure that we did, everyone feels that they are part of the journey together. They host AMA sessions mm -hmm. on a weekly basis and they're, you know, with the CEO and, when, when those customers, like if you think about that, then we're talking about an organizational, almost like a cultural change project. So there's so many things that need to come to that and you don't change that overnight. So that's a long-term project. That's why it's so important to think about customer success is not working you know, for a customer, it's working with a customer in partnership and that needs to be long-term, but it takes time to build that trust. And the best thing you can do is realize outcomes as soon as possible, build on that relationships, and then work on that plan together. Hundred mm, percent. So, in terms of working hands-on with your customer for their goals at all times, and of course, you have to, uh, you know, at some point, you'll have to build this uh, relationship so they can expand uh, for their own reasons. Uh, you know, how do you think like data has helped you? Do you have your dedicated, uh, you know, customer success tool like Catalyst and other platforms in the market, or you have your own custom uh, built? portal or some sort of a lot of uh, businesses using that they have their inside uh, inside salesforce they have their own object or they're using third-party tools to integrate uh, to get a centralized source to their customer success teams so how do you operate on making data-driven decisions and forecast uh, the communication and relationship yeah so salesforce is our single source of truth for everything that has to do with customers mm -hmm. So in there, we have built with a lot of custom objects, we have built a very advanced system for how we work with data uh, in, mm -hmm. in, in, in Salesforce. And we build like mo most of the things actually roll up to a health score that dictates what we are, you know, what are the next actions that we mm -hmm. need to do here. 
Uh, and when we're talking about health scores, we factor in a couple of different things. We look at the product usage and the behavior, which we leverage amplitude to get this data and then later found this one in, you know, uh, accordingly. Mm -hmm. We then have mm -hmm. different scorings for this one because there are different uh, behaviors uh, if you are and we also cannot compare all customers alike we need to look at the ones that have a high maturity we cannot have the same expectations that mm -hmm. they're going to use the product the same way so it's also important to look at how do we score product usage for different customer segments uh, on top of mm -hmm. that one as well we have relationship score which is an extremely important part of our health score and, and what we look at there is to look at the number of relationships that we have the strength that they have the uh, number of teams that we have relationships within uh, because obviously being part of the wider digital workplace uh, sphere we need to build into relationships with it with digital workplace teams with hr with internal comms like all these teams matters and for us it's important to see how big is our footprint like how many relationships do we have and do we also have executive to executive relationships how far up are we in terms of hierarchy so looking at both breadth and depth on relationships and the final thing that mm -hmm. we look at is obviously the uh, the the, um, uh, the feedback that we get. So we still track NPS, but we have an additional measure that we do as well, which is looking at uh, what we call relationship perception score. And to us, this is important because mm -hmm. we don't believe that we are the we are the only ones who can say we have a strong relationship with the customer or the, the you know the engagement that they take with us on a monthly or quarterly basis defines everything in our relationship. We also ask our customers plant out like on a scale one to ten, you know how would you consider Hivestreaming being a trusted advisor to your organization? And depending on that one, it can also trigger an action. So you know if a customer says no, I don't consider you to be a trusted advisor. You're just a vendor. We know that we still have work to do there, and we say okay reach out to this customer because you're going to have to figure it out what we can do to become a better trusted advisor to them. What do they expect? Because we truly believe that um, customer success needs to think beyond the functional value. And that is the product value, right? You need to think about the emotional mm -hmm. value for the customer, how you're taking a bigger responsibility for coaching them new things that will help them advance in their career, either within their company or outside of it. That is to us what is required to think customers for life. Love your speech, man. Loved it. I mean, I personally have been in uh, customer experience and relationship space for more than 10 years. I've been in SaaS, I've been uh, doing account management slash customer success all these years. And, you know, back when we started back in 2010, 2011, there was no, you know, so much data centric and, you know, customer centric approach. And we were just kind of wondering at all times and checking back on customers, just look the way you do it. You know, no matter what, you do in terms of technology, how far you go with the data and all, you still would need to have a personal touch and personal opinion, a personalized opinion of, of customer, uh, which is uh, going to define the relationship. And then it's going to define whether the customer is satisfied or not. So uh, you also mentioned some of the data sources that you have inside uh, Salesforce and you like, do you have dedicated data ops team or is that something your CSMs uh, take care of? Like they have their, you know, dedicated dashboard for all the data sources. And then if something fishy happens, they just reach out to the customer uh, on different sites. Can you explain a bit more on that, please? 
Yeah, so what we have in Salesforce is that we have built up what we call individual CS dashboards. And this one basically takes all mm -hmm. of the, you know, the different things. Salesforce has this limitation that you can only in a dashboard have like 20 mm -hmm. different uh, widgets in it. So mm -hmm. we are mindful on that mm -hmm. one. So we have actually selected what we think makes most sense um, and, and built, mm -hmm. built these ones out. And based on these ones, if you're a CSM, the first thing you do in the morning is to really log in there and see, okay, what are the next things that I really need to take action on here? Uh, and those can be a lot of things, right? I mean, a lot of times we, we're talking a lot about, you know, there are two things that you can control. One of them is, you know, mm -hmm. your attitude towards customers. So even though you're frustrated or you feel like you're not getting anywhere, you can still control that attitude. And the only thing you can, the second thing that you can control is your next step. So we're really, really focused on the next step a lot of the times. Uh, and the reason that this is important is that we're always trying to think, what is the next step that we can do to influence the, where we want to go with this outcome? And one of the things as well that we have started to do quite recently is we call it a monthly value adder to the customer. And that does not have to be mm. a meeting with the customer. It can be, for example, that you're helping them with something because you read something in their, in their quarterly, uh, you know, their in quarterly financial report. And uh, maybe they're making certain investments on, you know, on employee experience and you read something about this one, or you have a customer mm -hmm. case story that you created for another customer that might be relevant for, for another customer. So it's like, mm -hmm. we're asking ourselves, how do we mm -hmm. provide more value on a, on a monthly basis that is additionally on top of the desired outcomes that we have discussed based on what we yeah. learn from scanning what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. I have uh, also have a quick suggestion. This is something we discussed uh, with uh, a lot of folks as well, is uh, getting the stories that are relevant to their industry. Let's say I have, an, I have a customer in the, uh, in the uh, retail industry, and I can get a story from our existing customer from, you know, from the same industry, and we can share stories, mutual stories that these are the customers are potentially using this product or service, or this is what their strategy is within the same industry. And that perhaps help them, uh, you know, in the longer run, depends on the stage of that customer, like their, you know, early stage platform or early stage uh, product, or it's that in, on the growth stage. So you can definitely share just it's it's resonated with something that you're already doing, like you're collecting stories, suggestions, something that you look up that works for businesses in the same niche, and you're sharing it across with your customer as a monthly uh, monthly add-on. So uh, value addition uh, part. So that's great, great. And how scalable is that? Has that is that some external data source that you have pointed into into your CRM for CSM? Yeah, I mean, they actually have a reminder in there. So we actually look at when was the last time that you actually did this additional value adding activity. So we say that at least it should happen every 30 days. Um, then you have what we say, you still have uh, the benefit of a doubt. And that's an additional 15 days because sometimes you, you might be extremely busy and we don't want to be hardcore and say, you know, unless you're doing this in exactly 30 days, your numbers will be screwed. I think that that would be unfair. But what happens is that you know, now it's approaching day 30, turns yellow. Uh, so it's an mm -hmm. indicator to say, you know, now you're getting close to that mark. And as soon as it actually, you know, until it's day 45 and you haven't provided that additional mm -hmm. value, um, mm -hmm. you need to start working on that one. Uh, but we really want mm -hmm. people to push that it, you know, it cannot be something random. It needs to be something intentional. And there needs to always be a reason mm -hmm. to why did you choose to do the following? And that's because we exactly. want our customer success managers to be intentionally looking for things in their organization. And it can be, uh, mm -hmm. let's say, for example, you were following their CEO on LinkedIn 
and the CEO were just talking about the new initiative that has to do with uh, diversity and inclusion. And they're talking about what they're doing additionally mm -hmm. for diversity DNI. And uh, we might have an additional perspective on that one that, you know, companies that still has uh, what they call a knowledge based workers that, you know, work more in the information field. And then they might have frontline workers who work with, you know, with more labor heavy tasks. And uh, one perspective mm -hmm. of DNI might be that they have not thought about how should we include our, you know, uh, our frontline workers in the video communication that we have. So maybe we share a report on this one together with them and then relate that back to what the CEO was saying and say, hey, have you thought about this perspective of DNI as well? Uh, this might actually make sure that you're including all of your employees in your company communication and not just the ones that have, have been giving a laptop at work. Like those kind mm -hmm. of things is extremely important. And that's a very you know, clear example of how we would leverage external source of information about their business and then try to see how can we provide more value and a new perspective on this one in a proactive way. Mm. Great, great, great. And and have you have you had all of this external data sources uh, automated coming rolling into your CRM or you want your account managers slash CSMs to look out for specific customers or something like we've, we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people, they have integrated crunch base, LinkedIn data, different sources, data sources uh, that actually populate some news and, you know, feeds for yeah we, we we have we have that we are populating uh like a news feed directly into in salesforce that is that is monitoring what is what is said about them uh on linkedin we're mm -hmm. asking our team to actually be more active and actually follow uh you know the leadership if possible not all not all ceos or in the leadership of all mm -hmm. of all companies mm -hmm. are as active but if they are that's a great thing because you can you can really you can really mm -hmm. make a difference there um, mm -hmm. But of course, I mean, we are exploring how we can scale that even better. Uh, but at the moment, it is intentionally manual most of it. But we do have a newsfeed into Salesforce as well. Great, great, great. So we also discussed one thing because we are we are here to you know discuss some challenges shared by previous guests and all. So we spoke to uh, a team at Goldcast, and they are also uh, working in a similar niche. Uh, more towards like B2B, uh, you know, events and conferencing and stuff. If you look up for Goldcast, the challenge they had back then, they had the same, like same customer uh, journeys, like they're working with enterprise uh, customers. They have dedicated account managers, they're training and onboarding and all that hands-on. So uh, my question is, at this point, like how do you manage your playbooks? Your customer range in different industries. So how do you actually work, make uh, a standardized, because I believe there is no playbook that, you know, that is, uh, you can say it's definitive and it's kind of hundred percent. You need to make, uh, you know, make it smarter every couple of months or maybe a quarter. So how do you manage that process? Because of course, uh, down the road, you're going to have hundred plus enterprise customers. You have to have some, you know, standardized playbooks that uh, fit in with certain category or segment of customers. So how do you, uh, manage that at this moment? That's a great question. Uh, there are two things that we do. Uh, one of them being that we have actually tried to figure out what are the different, like depending on the segments of customers. And as we normally talk about, like, a playbook is normally the outcome of something that has happened. Uh, we see a signal and then we need to do certain tasks. That is how we refer to mm -hmm. a playbook in one way. And mm -hmm. the way that we have it is that we have standardized certain sets of tasks that we have in Salesforce so that you can actually check off. So for example, we mm -hmm. can, we can get, I can give you a very clear example. Okay. Um, one of our stakeholders within the company 
unannouncedly leaves the company, right? Like we, they have never told us that they were looking for jobs. We might not have had that mm -hmm. kind of relationship yet. So they're leaving. Then once that is marked as a risk, like we're changing the status of that relationship, that triggers a set of tasks of what you actually need to do. And on top of that one as well, we're adding guidelines um, on confluence. We're big users of confluence of documenting, like, you know, how should you think in different situations? Because it could also depend. And right now, like, even though we have certain set of activities that are standardized, there are also certain nuances that the CSM will need to take, you know, to take into consideration. And those nuances, we're actually logging them on Confluence so that they can actually take that into consideration. Um, it could be, for example, well, if the champion leaves and we can see that the, uh, the usage pattern has actually changed significantly from X to Y within the last three months, have the following into, you know, take the following into consideration when you're reaching out to the customer. So rather than maybe putting that as a new and as additional task to be extremely, you know, and then you're almost like micromanaging people is to empower people to think about that because that's the way that people grow as well. So the standard things, here's what you need to do, but have the following into consideration and then trust your team to actually do that properly. Mm, great. So you basically have a standardized template and then you uh, trade and you smartly are flexible uh, on different cases, different scenarios. Yeah, but the standard task is like, you know, you need to do certain things like you, you need to do, first of mm -hmm. all, you need to double check, you know, what's going on with this one. It could be, uh, you know, usage, like something, some, customer hasn't logged into the platform the way that they used to do. Well, mm -hmm. you know that normally they use it on a weekly basis. Now it's two weeks and no one has actually logged in and checked the analytics uh, reporting for their video. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's mm -hmm. a warning signal. It does not mean that something is wrong. It might be they add an additional video platform, forgot to activate the Hive integration. So we have no visibility of what's going on there. If that is the case, mm -hmm. well, then you know that first of all, you need to double check, has something changed? Is the person still in the company? Can you see something on LinkedIn like external uh, signals? reaching out to the customer to double check, you know, what's, go what's going on here and then validate a couple of things. Is it related to X, Y, and Z? Okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. So let, let's more talk about engagement. Of course, uh, you have to touch with your customers every now and then, especially in, in, in the product as, as in uh, the same stack as yours. Uh, high, like, of course, you'll have to be working uh, you know, closely with customers on the onboarding stage and then giving them some training. So what kind of training initiatives uh, do you have taken ever since 2019 when you joined as a VP of customer success uh, up till now in terms of training your, uh, you know, product training and training your customers on different, uh, different niches and different range of uh, industries? Uh, I, I do see that you have customers in multiple like range of different industries. So do you have any customized training or you want your CSMs to, you know, have them go through uh, their processes on the onboarding stage? It's a great question. Uh, our training is actually, two, I would say, two-folded. Uh, we have one of them that is more on the technical side, and that is actually carried out by our solutions engineering team. And that's because mm -hmm. it focuses more on the IT stakeholders that might have to look for, you know, if something goes wrong with the live event, how do I actually troubleshoot this one, right? So how do you troubleshoot the network? That would be a little bit overkill for a customer success manager maybe to go into yeah. the details because mm -hmm. now we're talking about the technical mm -hmm. jungle. Exactly. Uh, and I, and mm -hmm. I do believe that there are other strengths with the profile of customer success managers. And that's why you are complementing. We have very, 
we work in what we call CFT teams. And those are customer facing teams. Okay. So you have an account executive, okay. s- solutions engineer, and then you have a customer success manager. They all have responsibilities towards the customer based on the certain need at a certain time. So the technical training mm-hmm. for the IT stakeholders is mainly done by solutions engineers. And then we have the more analytics side that is more done for digital workplace, internal communication and HR. Those are conducted by, uh, by the CSM. And we do this um, already as part of the onboarding. Um, but of course, as new stakeholders come on board and as we acquire more relationships, we are also needing to take responsibility for this, you know, to do this for them. Uh, we do also mm-hmm. have, um, you know, a structured customer knowledge base. We're also using, uh, inviting them to our, uh, you know, to certain pages on Confluence where we're also tracking this one so they can see, uh, you know, in case they don't want to take part of a live demo, they can actually follow this mm-hmm. asynchronously as well so that we don't have the dependency of being in the same time zone, et cetera. So we are providing mm-hmm. the option because sometimes that's, that's a preference of the customer as well. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it, it matters like what kind of uh, challenges you're having on while at the, at the onboarding stage while integrating everything and uh, urgency as well. The, uh, what kind of urgency customer has while purchasing your platform. So that's wonderful. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I found it really, really interesting when I checked uh, at Hive Marketing a few months back. And uh, in, in a way that it's it's so going, it has so scaled in the next like you can say five years, having the remote teams working together and, uh, you know, achieving goals from sitting in different, you know, uh, different countries. And like, I have employees all over the world. Uh, like I have partners all over the world. So uh, if you want to define your product stack uh, and, and, and the kind of uh, targeted audience, can you just uh, help us understand, like our audience understand what Hive Marketing does so, you know, they can reach you back uh, on LinkedIn and, you know, we can, we can get, because we talk to businesses uh, every other day. So I would really appreciate, uh, you know, you share your, uh, your product, uh, the details and some of the use cases you can help them uh, businesses with. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I mean, we are part of the largest digital workplace. And I think like in a remote world, everything is a digital workplace. I mean, what we're doing right now, communicating is a mm-hmm. digital workplace. So what we help you do is to scale your, first of all, we help you secure live video upfront. So in case you are running large uh, town halls with your company and many companies have started to really scale this up, do it several times on a weekly basis. Uh, if you have a global team set up all over the world and you want optimal quality for everyone, no technical constraints, Hivestream is helping you optimize that one and secure it up front. And on top of that one as well, we're also providing analytics so that you can keep track of, you know, what's the engagement like when you're actually running certain content because, uh, you know, as much as we love video, we also need to be mindful that there's a thing called video fatigue now. We're almost too much on video, which is very paradoxical <laughs> in one way. Uh, and that needs to be mindful. So how you, you know, how long do you schedule it? What times do you, it's the best time to schedule your town halls? How, what can you learn from previous experiences? Because if you're in a global organization, you cannot expect every single employee to be available at exactly that time. So how do you structure that one? Do you run 30 minutes on a Wednesday or do you do it preferably on a Friday morning? Uh, it's a big, uh, big, big difference, but you need the data to be able to, to make these informed decisions and Hive Analytics for video really, really provides this. Great, great. Yeah, so, uh, you know, what is the best way for people to reach out and sign up for uh, Hive Marketing? Like what kind of, what are the first steps for them? Uh, you just shared that before we close this. Yeah, I mean, re- connect with us on uh, LinkedIn. 
Uh, we have obviously we're very active as a company on LinkedIn. And if you want to connect with me personally as well, I'm always open. Uh, I have a philosophy mm -hmm. of always trying to make uh, four to five new connections. So I do four to five new people that I have never met virtual coffees a week. So in case you want to do a virtual coffee, I'm always open to help and try to always, uh, you know, pay it forward. Um, I've learned that from my own mentors and I want to do that in the community as well. I've learned a lot in this these 40 minutes with, with you, Nicholas. I cannot tell you enough on that uh, because this solution was different, technical, and the way you are, you have streamlined your, uh, you know, customer journeys as well as your ops. Like why you're working, you, you need to be working on customer marketing more often. And this is some lesson that uh, I would definitely take this away from uh, from this 40 minute uh, conversation. Thank you very much, uh, Nicholas, for having us yourself on today and uh, being so genuine and explaining and you know guiding our audience. Just remember that we have like 120 million people that are under the age of 30 where we are located here and we are trying to contribute to masses. I'm sitting in a, in a national uh, incubation center in a national university and we are trying to enable people uh, and empowering them, uh, you know, getting into the customer success space and uh, they're building some products and, and stuff. I'll share some more. Uh, I, would, I would love to have your help down the road uh, and I'll check back maybe in a, in a few months. Thank you, Adil. My pleasure to be here as well. Likewise, take good care of yourself, my brother. Great day. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.